0: The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 16. Janet West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection.
1: All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Eat. Testing, testing, recording. A lot.
2: I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do.
0: It was never about going home. It's about getting us
2: to job we going.
0: Hi, I'm Jack Berazzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor.
1: Hey, Jack. Great to be joining you for this episode of Space Court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's court in space. It really is. No, you did do that right, though. Court in
2: space.
0: Today, we are discussing the 16th episode of the first season of Stargate SG 1, Korai. The team visits a planet peopled by the peasants from Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> in a shocking turn of events, it turns out Teal'c did some pretty bad stuff in his former life as the first prime of Apophis. Teal'c is put on trial for killing the father of Hanno. Jack somehow has a hard time believing Teal'c could be guilty. Teal'c, who is guilty, submits to the Korai. The judicial system of Cartago apparently has no concept of one recusing themselves. The trolley problem is examined in much less entertaining way than it was in The Good Place. Apophis returns, and through a wonderful series of events, Teal proves that he is a changed man and is allowed to go free.
2: What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? <laughs> That's quite the uh, creative way to describe it. It's it's <laughs> one, it, one of those episodes that I actually kind of enjoy it, because it, I enjoyed because, let's be honest, courtroom episodes of any sci-fi drama is rarely good, are rarely good. Yeah. I mean, they are rarely good, but this one, this one's good. And, 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 part of it is because this really isn't a courtroom drama. This, uh, this is a let's explore tilk and his change of heart. Right. Episode is what this is. This has not this, the, the courtroom drama is just the, the backdrop that they do that on. So what about you, Victor? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, this um I didn't really remember this episode until I watched it again and it is kind of a, you know, first season I wouldn't say say filler episode because it does ask some some interesting questions um in it, but um you know, we're we're kind of left where we where we started and uh yeah, I think there's there's some misfires along the way, but you know, it's an it's an enjoyable episode.
0: Yeah, I I really like all the questions that it raises because something that I have been wondering since Teal joined the team is so this guy was Apophis's first prime, and Apophis is a pretty bad dude, so therefore he probably had to carry out some pretty heinous orders under Apophis's guidance. And where do we sit with that? It almost makes me feel like um the way we kind of brushed under the rug the the scientists that we brought over in Project Paperclip after World War II, all the former Nazi scientists who were working in the space program, and you have this this weird dichotomy yeah, of when
1: the rockets go up, who cares where they come down? That's not my department," yeah. says Werner von Braun, right. the uh, inimitable uh, Tumbler. Yes, and uh,
0: I actually live uh, pretty close to uh, Huntsville, Alabama, where Werner von Braun is very much revered, and it's always this weird, uh, like. Everyone is aware of his background, but no one wants to talk about it. Like we have a, I have a funny story about that. Where one time uh, we had a friend visiting, and so I took him to the Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, which is really really awesome. If you're ever in town, mm-hmm. I recommend you visit it. And we're in the big room where they have the Saturn V all laid out, and there is a V two rocket in the corner, and it's got this big plaque, and is talking all about the V two. And my friend is standing there, and he's reading it, and it talks about how. You know, in the 1940s, Werner von Braun developed the V2 rocket for the German army. And he's standing there reading it, and he's like, wait a second, German army,
1: 1940s. And I'm like, yep, yep." it d- it does not mention yeah. the Nazis anywhere on that plaque. So it's the, the rocket that would come down supersonic. So that you'd never hear it coming. It would just level entire yep. blocks before. He the only, get, only saving right.
2: grace is the by the time it was developed to actually fire. It was right before Germany surrendered anyways. So they really didn't get a lot of them fired.
0: Right and and I don't say any of that to cast aspersions upon Werner von Braun or any of the scientists you know we cannot know their hearts and I know that in the machinations of war people are often just like a small piece in a much larger whole mm-hmm. but it is a it is a moral question that you have to have to deal with and I feel like that's kind of kind of teal's character right now right. is he was part of this larger whole that was doing evil things
2: and how do you square that and how how's, how's that yeah. any different than those who work for the manhattan project other than we were on the winning side of the war because there are real moral issues to the use of nuclear weapons and hydrogen h-bombs and things like that right I exactly ghoul destroyer of worlds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and so i really really like that That is the angle that this episode takes. Again, we can get into it in more detail, but you run into that 90s sci-fi problem where you got 45 minutes to wrap up the story and you cannot really change the status quo.
1: And you haven't had any explosions yet. And it's your your, uh, 37 minutes in, (laughs) you got to have some explosions. Things have to blow up big. (laughs) And uh, no, to to your point, I do like how Hammond basically says, yes, Teal'c is a war criminal. He's guilty of war Mm -hmm. crimes, you know. And uh, yeah, so how do you, how does the the team kind of wrestle well, and, with and that? And I
2: like one. I love the line from Hammond of per, you know. Personally, I would say that yes, we should go get him, but and then of course you know by by our oath and by the laws that we are to follow, this is what we need to do instead, right? You know, and and kind of making that distinction of yeah, you know. Being, you know, being a military officer, being, you know, a, a priest, being a uh, a leader of a company is not about our personal feelings. It's about what are the rules, what are the laws we have to follow?
0: Right. And I feel like this episode does a good job of. Like wrestling with those questions in a not straightforward way, like you totally understand where Jack O'Neill is coming from, in that he his his one focus is even if Teal'c is guilty my job is to protect the people in my company and mm-hmm. I'm going to bring them back. And so you get where he's coming from. You get where Hammond is coming from because his job is to protect the whole the whole program. And you also get where Hanno, who is the character whose father was killed by Teal, and the reason that Teal killed his father was that that would basically allow the rest of the villagers to escape from Apophis. And so you get into kind of a trolley problem there mm-hmm. where he kills, yeah, one, for sake, yeah, he kills yeah. one for the sake of the many and I I don't feel like the principle of double effect really applies there because he is directly killing the guy. But at the same time, you can understand Tilk's point of view on well, that in that moment. The
2: principle of, of, of morality in, in the eyes of the old that uh, Tilk's choice was either kill one or be killed. You know, right. there was no in between. You know, because you know darn well, Apophis, when he w- wiped everyone out, Tilk could have been the first if he wouldn't right. have done it. Yeah.
1: yeah. They make the decision easier though by making Hano's dad look like Buddy Hackett, yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really no choice at all. You gotta, you gotta take him out as quickly as
0: possible. Yeah, that the the casting was very interesting in this episode. I also feel like the guy who played Hanno, uh, I don't know if y'all got this, but I got a real Jimmy Fallon vibe off of him. Like just the just the way he was talking, the way he looked, is like, is this is this Jimmy Fallon yeah. in a in a previous life?
1: Yeah. And I was talking about this a little bit before we, we, we were recording here, but um, I was watching this and I was like, oh yeah, Hano comes back, doesn't he? And and actually it's the actor who comes back uh, again in, in in SG-1 and then in Atlantis, kind of playing the same sort of role in, uh, he plays Simon in the problematic Christian episode, shall we say, of SG-1 called Demons. And then uh, in, uh, I think there's one Epiphany in Atlantis where he, he plays a uh, it, it's it's an interesting episode, and I don't want to spoil it. But let's just say that Colonel Shepard loses six months of his life. Uh, oops. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, no, and it, it it is interesting. Though you know the way they the way they set it up. You know the whole thing is that Hanos too too slow to run into the caves where they all hide when when the Stargate's activated, and you just start looking at that. It's like okay, so they hear the Stargate spin up they have probably about like 20 seconds to get everybody to the caves to hide and so what if the gould comes when everybody's asleep and uh or apparently in court because we see that later on in the episode <laughs> that if everybody's in court they also don't have time to all run for the caves and hide right uh as as they as the gould come through what they call the circle of woes which just brought to mind uh you know joey lawrence you know circle of woes <laughs> which is <laughs> Definitely a current reference that all the kids today are going oh, to yes, get. yes, of course. yes, nice.
0: Yeah, yeah it just from like like a political kind of look at this culture, the fact that their whole rule is we only will run as the slowest person will run is very admirable morally, but it's also cultures that do that don't survive.
2: Yeah. 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 Even if they do have a, a incredible uh, tunnel system that they can dig into i you know because I, I i laughed as soon as you know the sg1 comes out of the gate the first time and it's it's abandoned but not for long where's everybody at and I immediately wrote down well maybe everyone hid when they saw the gate light up and sure yeah. enough that's exactly what they did and and we're not flying out of the gate anymore
1: they're just kind of all like they come through the gate standing perfectly still which is i guess better yeah. Than, than than flying out of. The I, I still think
2: there. I, I seem to recall that there's a point where they kind of hand wave at that with Carter saying something to the extent of, "Well, we we got the dialing sequence better, and we got the computer to be more accurate in in the the yeah. the in, in the, uh, the Chevron so that we could uh so that now we are much better connection to the other gate, you know, something like that."
0: There's no dropped packets there anymore, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's this has this has had an issue that I think a lot of these kind of planet of hat sci-fi episodes have where the culture that it is representing is really only to give one singular problem for the episode, but mm-hmm. once you try to expand upon that, it really does not make any sense.
1: Right. Yeah, and so so Jack can wheel out his kind of ugly American Routine, you know, it's like, this isn't justice. This is what justice looks like. The judge has to be impartial. This is weird. This your court is weird. Objection. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was kind of uh, intolerable for well, a and it's, bit of this. But it yeah. is the
2: kind of the, the small world syndrome that Star Trek has that Star Wars can have that, that Stargate has where everything is in one spot. The entire mm. world this you know, several thousand mile <laughs> wide world planet. There's only one spot they worry about. You know, right. what was going on the rest of this planet that's not next to the Stargate? You know,
0: exactly. Yeah. Like, it's it's just this one central problem. And I feel like Teal's stance of like, I've done these horrible things and I'm going to give myself up like you. You completely get where he's coming from with that.
1: Yeah. And I that I'm trying to think where where we've seen that before. Um, you know, the reluctant person who just wants to stand stand trial for their crimes. I think it's well, there's it's,
2: there's uh, Dax in. Yes, nine where that was it um the previous incarnation of the dax symbiote or the previous host of the dax symbiote had committed a crime and of course jedzia dax didn't commit the crime or jedzia didn't commit the crime but the dax symbiote they argued mm-hmm. did and it was just because he was having an affair with the uh, the wife of the the man that was killed is why he didn't want right. to push it
1: one interesting thing um you know when daniel gets there and he hears people using greek and latin words he says you know that's weird, two root languages in one culture. And I thought, said the writer writing in English, mm-hmm. you know. And I was going to say, like, <laughs> the
0: the fact that he brought up Greek and Latin as being an odd pairing for root languages, does he
2: not understand Latin? Oh, was, yeah. Because...
1: Yeah, Latin I mean, took
2: a lot from Greek. I mean, a lot. I mean, like, most of Latin's base is from Greek. Yeah, like, it was just a very
0: like historically blind way to put that, like, you you know, that that's how languages
2: form. Right now. I mean, if we if we took like whatever the, you know, the root language of Chinese and the root language of uh, Arabic, then, yeah, I mean, assuming, of course, they're not both the same. I don't know. But, you know, just taking two examples off the top of my head, then, yeah, you could make that argument. That is kind of weird. They're both speaking these like two different root words. These were these don't match. You know, I think Maltese is yeah. like a combination of like
0: Latin and Arabic, though. So that's something that happens on Earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True.
1: I guess it's to set up that what we get at the end is kind of a literal deus ex machina as the ghouled god comes out of the machine to kind of wrap up the court proceedings. Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't even right. the god. You know, it was it, just
2: the, the soldiers of yeah. the god.
1: Oh, and, and, and Shackle. Yep. Shackle's back. I was like, hey, everybody, Shackle's back! Oh! He's dead. No, he's Not dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, so the entire the entire moral question of Tilk's culpability for his crimes uh, is cut short when Apophis and his ghoul come through, or his uh, Jaffa come through the gate, and Tilk defends the hapless villagers against them, and Hano, having a change of heart, lets Tilk go and Everyone laughs. There's a freeze
2: frame at the end. It's beautiful. Oh, oh and <laughs> don't forget, too, not just that. Now they're, now they're going to sh- swap weapons because, you know, the, the SG yeah. teams will come through and help them defend themselves against the gold.
1: And Earth gets some of those wicked-looking crossbows cool. they had. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, those still look really cool. I don't know how effective they would be, but um, they did look really cool. But we have to talk about who the real hero of the episode is, and it's the little kid who defies Hano's orders. His orders were to guard, you know, Teal. Instead, He slips Teal'c a knife. Oh, yeah. Nobody told him to slip Teal'c a knife. He just gives Teal'c a knife out of nowhere, and Teal'c, you know, goes uh, ballistic on the Jaffa. So hats off to you, uh, weird-looking kid.
2: uh,
1: um, (laughs) Hero of the episode in my book. There you
2: go. I thought you were going to say something like, the the hero is all of us who have learned about justice. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I i did learn. I did learn some things. I, I learned that their culture uh, before they condemn a man to death, they, uh, you know, they, they paint his chest with body paint. And I was just wondering, like, what if the condemned is not like a buff dude with a perfectly like shaved chest? Because mm-hmm. that could get pretty like awkward. So you you know? seem
2: some fat guy like me.
1: Or, yeah, well, <laughs> not like any of us. But yeah, it's just like that. You
0: just got to use more body paint to get through the hair and around yeah. the belly. <laughs> I guess so. so what we're saying is we need to never get condemned on this planet
1: yep (laughs) yeah never be guilty of war crimes on an alien planet i think is is the lesson we learned there
0: i just i understand so general hammond's whole thing is we can't interfere because Teal'c is not an american citizen or even a citizen of earth as he says Mm -hmm. and so they're not going to deal with that but i also i do feel like that Teal'c is a pretty valuable intelligence asset and you'd want to protect
2: that. Right.
0: And, and I feel like... That's it, the
2: argument that's made in here and he does call the president the president says no. Of course, it's, it brings up that great line. The U.S. is not in the business of interfering in other people's affairs. And of course, Jack immediately, since when, sir? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack, and Carter do a double take to each other. Good bit of irony there. Look, look directly at the camera and, and with their eyes widening.
2: Eye roll, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I guess given the time period this episode was from, they would only interfere in uh, external affairs when the president was getting impeached.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's about but that yeah. time. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> that one.
0: Yeah. And I think that this is just an issue that you get with a lot of these courtroom kind of episodes where they want to bring up these really deep questions about the character's actions but then at the end of the day they have got to wrap it up in 45 minutes and mm-hmm. it's got to kind of be a clean ending like well that's you get that with all the star trek kind of yeah. episodes they do the same thing
2: and, and that's that's why i said that this you know fits better as a a teal story of seeing right. how kind of a reminder of how he has changed but that that change was already there i mean that that it wasn't like sg1 coming through was the thing that caused him to change. He was already there. He just needed, as he said, many people, you know, on that first episode, many people have said this, I believe you're the first that could actually do something that could actually do it, you know? And it was like, he's always had that question. He's always had that doubt. He's always, you know, there's always been something inside of him that goes, there's just not right here. And now we see how he's living that out now that he's with SG one.
0: Yeah. And I, so I guess that, that's kind of the the biggest question I had lingering in this episode was, what do y'all think of Teal'c's actions there, where he directly murdered one person so that other people could leave? I, like I I mentioned earlier, I don't feel like that falls within the principle of double effect, but I want to know what y'all's thoughts are.
1: It depends on when it happened in terms of Teal'c's like evolution. I, I I would say it's not until season five when Teal'c kind of gets repossessed by oh Apophis or Anubis, whoever's whoever's running around then. But we kind of go through teal's whole progression of how he goes from being kind of like the loyal first prime to coming to doubt Apophis. And so I I think, you know you know where where along that journey is. And certainly, you know, people in you know invading armies shouldn't murder civilians well, yeah. no matter where they are on their kind of personal evolution journey. But
2: yeah. Yeah. It's something that happens. You know, right. I mean, obviously, as 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 Christians, we would say, you know, in just war theory, in the principle of double effect, and so on, that no, none of those options were good options. Yeah, kill one or everybody dies. The good option would be basically try to blast Apophis and get taken out in the process, which means he probably would just do it anyways. But you, you know, it's that's where you start talking about you know material cooperation and remote cooperation and immediate cooperation. I mean, it, it's. It's a very uh, deep uh, moral theology that really would go into a decision like this. I mean, uh, you know, and again, as Christians, we would say it's not worth it, but we have to look too. you know, this tilk is not looking at this as a Christian. He's looking at it as a Jaffa who knows that if he doesn't kill one, the rest will die. Right. You know, and, and why not take out the weakest, the one that does, you know, knowing because he says, you know, th- during the trial that he knew how this people worked. He knew that this clan would not leave this crippled person. So take out the one that's holding back the clan. So the rest have a chance to survive later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that they,
1: at the end of the day, we are talking about human beings and not Brussels sprouts.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that this episode did a good job of framing that in a way where you could kind of see all sides. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated it about that. Like, you get certain episodes, like um, a, Meas- a Measure of a Man from Next Generation is, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who kind of hold that up as kind of like one of the best episodes of Star Trek, the one where the debate is, is Data human or not, oh, or is right. he sentient or not, and it's, the answer is no. Like, for story purposes, yes, but in reality, no, He's a com- no. he's a really good computer. And so I don't feel like that is as a compelling question as... What is teal culpability in this whole mm-hmm. whole debacle here?
2: And you know, be honest, it's the ar- argument people make for things like uh, physician-assisted suicide that right. you know is it better for that person and society that that person not remain? Right. You know, is is treating their suffering, is the resources that are spent on them after they're no longer quote unquote productive, worth it? you know and, and of right. course again as christian yes. we would say doesn't matter yeah that's a that's a human being made in the image likeness of god and should be treated as such up to the very mo uh, very last breath and last heartbeat right exactly of natural causes
0: and that's where the the difficulty comes in is that you it's easy to say that like you know in a removed situation where we're not directly dealing with those problems but you can understand why people would have those moral strugglings with those questions in the moment Mm -hmm.
1: and I guess in in light of in light of that like what do you think of Hano's kind of last statement where you're not the same man as the one who murdered my father that Jaffa is dead you know is there a chance you know for that sort of redemption and rebirth and you know obviously he doesn't mean it literally but um,
2: spiritually you know
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean I think that as Christians we are called to believe Believe that, and as difficult as it may be, I know like there's always that question of like, what do people think about the death penalty and those kind of issues, and how are we called to view those things? Where Mm -hmm. you can, no matter what, we always pray and always hope for someone's salvation and their redemption. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean we have to trust them or like let them go free, but that is something that we should always strive for, and so. I think looking at it from Hano's point of view, it would be very hard to forgive someone who'd done that kind of thing to you, but you can view it as admirable that he took that that road after seeing that Teal'c truly had changed his point of view. And I think, I'm assuming that he would kind of have the understanding of this is the culture that Teal'c was raised in, and so he would he would know that that's where Teal'c's background was and that Teal'c mm-hmm. had grown as a person and didn't view things in the same moral lens as the Guald anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I don't know, something about that just doesn't sit right. That that Jaffa invasion just seems a little too convenient, and we're supposed to believe that Teal can shackle our still enemies and maybe haven't been <laughs> talking this whole time. I don't know. I'm not saying it was a false flag operation. Uh-huh. It was, Fortunately, it was know, a I false flag. They only made that mean,
2: argument in the episode. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that is that is a good point that you raise, but I like I like the progression of the characters in this episode more than mm-hmm. I like the actual plot, I guess. Yeah.
1: One thing I'm very glad they did not keep was the language of Gould absorption about how the host is absorbed by the Gould. I'm glad that they dropped that yep. language I pretty pretty soon after this episode.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's just, like <laughs> the only episode we hear that or
1: yeah yeah i think so then they went back to like possession or you know host and parasite language and stuff it was just you
0: know i do like there's the scene in the actual trial where they talk to daniel jackson about his views on teal because teal was the one who selected sharae for Mm -hmm. uh the gold um the gold host and i thought that that was an interesting thing to bring up because i hadn't actually thought about it until they brought it up in this episode but yeah like Daniel is working with the guy who is directly responsible for his wife's fate. And how does Daniel feel about that? So I like that they do address that.
1: Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that either until they brought it up. And it would have been cool to actually see that played out on screen right. before now. But that,
0: mm-hmm. you know, that that would be difficult to do. And I don't think there's a lot of people who could forgive that kind of thing. No. I'm excited to see where they take Tilks' character. Um, I feel like of all the characters in the show, he's definitely the most morally complex and morally interesting just because of Mm -hmm. his background and where he's coming from. So I like that we get that kind of angle.
2: Absolutely. Do you have any other uh, thoughts about that, Corey? So one one thing, uh, this is another one of these episodes, and this, of course, becomes a trope with Stargate, is they come through the gate, something suspicious and, of course, they have to investigate instead of like, uh, we better get back and get some reinforcements. So in this case, it's, well, oh, the Gua will visit this planet frequently. It's like, OK, why aren't we like dialing the gate now? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like yesterday, like why, you know, Jackson, get over there and start punching buttons. Go, you know. Oh, no, no. We got to find out what's going on, you know. And, and of course, that immediately leads to trouble. Right. Um, And I like the line from from Hanno. Hannah. Everyone who has a mind has an opinion, you know, kind of basically saying we all have our biases Yeah, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's something we need to remember is, you know, everybody's got their way of looking. It doesn't mean the one you're looking at is right. Right. Yeah. What about you, Victor?
1: Um, I actually like Daniel Jackson's like defense in court of, of Teal, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one there. um, wasn't as convinced by Jack's, you know, Teal was only following orders defense. Um, uh, so much it did strike me though that this, you know, subsistence agriculture culture has an entire huge building just for basically trying court cases where you know the verdict is already known and you're just sentencing mm-hmm. people. Basically, you know, hey, you have the gallery, you have the 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 you know bleachers and stuff, yeah. and it just seems like a really inefficient use of a of a space for uh for that culture, but maybe they maybe they do core like it's you know, it's like <laughs> Friday nights or something. I don't
0: know. It's actually a timeshare with a uh, queue when he's not judging Picard.
1: Ah, he's uh renting it out to other sure. cultures.
2: Well we you know Apophis uses it too, so he's he's got his share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can just zap it over to Farpoint whenever he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, before we go, we do have some feedback on cool. our episode of Yay. *The Torment of Tantalus* uh, from Paul Leone on YouTube. He says another fine episode about another fine episode. I like the mythology here and wish SG Origins hadn't been well less than great. As regards Stargate Universe, I watched it in full last fall, and after the first four four and a half episodes, blatantly inspired by uh, the new Battlestar Galactica, it really mm-hmm. picks up. Season two is great, and I wish that it had gotten one more. Uh, season to finish thing. The short-lived sequel comic is also less than great. Can't wait for your thoughts on the rest of uh, season one of Stargate SG
2: One. Great, thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm definitely aligned in the opinions on both Universe and Origins. There, I have not checked out the sequel comic, um, but I'm disappointed to hear that it's it's less than great because where they left Universe was was kind of disappointing yeah. in its own right.
2: Well, I'm, I'm interested yeah. when we finally get get to or get to Universe because yeah. Like I said, I never watched m- past you know most of the first season, so
0: it'll be fun to uh, check that out. I I was calculating uh, based on all the episodes we got to do before then, and I think it's going to be like three three and a half years before we get there. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
2: but we got a while to see
0: it when we get there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, with the recent Amazon acquisition of MGM uh, if any new Stargate is announced before we even get to that point, and I will handle that. But
2: yeah, it'll be fun to see. Yeah, we'll probably handle it like the other uh, Secrets of shows do uh, where we do them live, so to speak, do them the week of. Right. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, it'll be a fun time. Yep. Alright, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Secrets of Stargate, including Joshua D., Richard R., Daniel M., Daniel B., and Brian R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1 Enigma. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you as well.
1: Thanks, Jack. And have you ever faced the crying eyes of a child whose father you have just murdered?
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, no. Yay! And once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on Quest.
2: Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think?